Good morning. Welcome to the 14th annual Riding Carnival. We do this in five-year cycles, so this is what we did five years ago and ten years ago. The Princess Bride. This is true love. You think this happens every day? That's a question that's asked in the story. And in our story, we have two forms of it. We have the novel, and we also have the film version. Most of us are familiar with the film version rather than the novel. Tomorrow, we'll talk about the story behind the film. But today, we'll focus on the film, this story of true love and high adventure. It begins, the context for it, is a young boy is ill, and his grandfather comes to read him a story. It was the book my father used to read to me when I was sick, I used to read it to your father, and today I'm going to read it to you. That's the context for it. And the whole story world is what? Apparently in the imagination of the young boy, as we get to see everything his grandfather is reading him. And it begins with the story of Buttercup, raised on a small farm in the country of Florin. Her favorite pastimes were riding her horse and tormenting the farm boy who worked there, Wesley. But as you wish was all he ever said to her in response. One day, she was amazed to discover that when he was saying, as you wish, what he meant was, I love you. And this reminds us of another story about a man in black. <laughs> Buttercup, Boba Fett. But that's another story for another day. Back to our story. The grandpa tells him what was even more amazing was the day that she realized that she truly loved him back. And in the novel version, we get a more lengthy explanation. I love you, Buttercup said. I know this must come as something of a surprise since all I've ever done is scorn you and degrade you and taunt you, but I've loved you for several hours now and every second more. And I thought an hour ago that I loved you more than any woman has ever loved a man, but half an hour after that, I knew what I knew before was nothing compared to what I felt then. And Ten minutes after that, I understood that my previous love was a puddle compared to the high seas before a storm. Your eyes are like that. Did you know what well, they are? His response, do I love you? My God, if your love were a grain of sand, mine would be a universe of beaches. If your love were, oh, uh, I don't understand that first one yet, Buttercup interrupted. She was starting to get very excited now. Uh, let me get this straight. Are you saying that my love is the size of a grain of sand and yours is this other thing? Images just confuse me. So now, is, is this universal business of yours bigger than my sand? Help me, Wesley. I have the feeling that we're on the verge of something just terribly important. You can tell that the novel is kind of satirical and likes to make fun of people who think they're in love. But the film is a little more direct and romantic about it. Hear this now. I will always come for you. Because he's about to go seek his fortune and return for her. How can you be so sure, she says. This is true love. You think this happens every day? And again... In the novel, we get a little more lengthy treatment of what happened next. In the film, he says, you know, a bunch of kissing. But there have been five great kisses since 1642 B.C. when Saul and Delilah Korn's inadvertent discovery swept across Western civilization. Before then, couples just hooked thumbs. And the precise rating of kisses is a terribly difficult thing, often leading to great controversy, because although everyone agrees with the formula of affection times purity times intensity times duration, no one has ever been completely satisfied with just how much weight each element should receive. But on any system, there are five that everyone agrees deserve full marks. And this one left them all behind. In the film, he says, uh, it's kind of gushy, and, and we skip on. And the kiss doesn't come till, toward the end. But in the film, he has to say goodbye. But he didn't reach his destination. His ship was attacked by the dread pirate Roberts, who never left captives 
alive. When Buttercup got the news that Wesley was murdered, she went into her room and shut the door. And for days, she neither slept nor ate. At that time, Prince Humperdinck, who ruled the land, chose her for his bride. Buttercup's emptiness consumed her, though, and although the law gave him that right to choose the bride, she did not love him. For Buttercup, despite Humperdinck's reassurance that she would grow to love him, the only joy she found was in her daily rides. But one day, that ride met with strangers. They ask if there's a town nearby, as if they're lost. And she says, oh, there's nothing nearby, not for miles. Then there'll be no one to hear you scream. And so they kidnap her. And among this troop, you can see there's a giant. The middle man is a swordsman. And the little one there, Vizzini, he's the mastermind. So first, the man who wants to rescue Buttercup, this man in black, comes forward and bests the swordsman, defeats Inigo, then out-wrestles the giant, Physic, then outwits the wise man, Vicini, and makes his way to Buttercup. And after a long tumble down a long hill, they reunite. And it's not the man in black. It's not the dread pirate Roberts. It's Wesley. I told you I would always come for you. Why didn't you wait for me? Well, you were dead. Death cannot stop true love. All it can do is delay it for a while. He's always so sincere with his responses. Death cannot stop true love. All it can do is delay it for a while. But they have to escape somehow from Humperdinck and his men, and so they go into the fire swamp. Among its dangers are fire, you guessed it, but also lightning sand and ROUSs, the rodents of unusual size. They barely escape, you can tell by the wound on his shoulder, barely escape, and when they make it out, Humperdinck and his men corner them, and Buttercup gives him up, much to Wesley's surprise. I thought you were dead once, and it almost destroyed me. I could not bear it if you died again, not when I could save you. Unfortunately, though, he's not going to be saved. He's going to be tortured and killed. You truly love each other, Humperdinck tells him as he's hooked up to the torture chamber. And so you might have been truly happy. Not one couple in a century has that chance, no matter what the storybooks say. So I think no man in a century will suffer as greatly as you will. And sure enough, he turns it all the way up and apparently kills Wesley. Thankfully for us and for the characters in our story, especially Inigo and Fezzik, who realize there's more to be done and they need this man in black's help. If he can beat Inigo and he can best Fezzik, they need his help and his brains. And so they find he's only mostly dead. And Miracle Max asks, well, what have you got here that's worth living for? True love, he tells them. True love, you heard him? No one could ask for a more noble cause than that. And so he is brought back with the help of a miracle pill that will take a miracle to work. And also some time. He's not particularly agile at first. It takes a while for the effects to wear off or wear on as it works upon him. And he eventually is able to help them scale the castle and rescue Buttercup. But when they're reunited, it's a little bit difficult. Won't you hold me gently? At a time like this, all you can say is, gently, and his head hits the headboard. In the book, we get more detail again. She looked at Wesley. Uh, you all right? I was worried about you back on the bed there. Your eyes rolled back up in your head and everything. Well, I suppose I was dying again, so I asked the Lord of permanent affection for the strength to live the day. Clearly, the answer came in the affirmative. I didn't know there was such a fellow, Buttercup said. Well, neither did I in truth, but if he didn't exist, I didn't much want to either. And he does muster the strength to stand one last time, tell Humperdinck to drop his sword, and wins Buttercup back. Inigo also gets Count Rugen and revenge for his dead father, and they finally reunite at the end. And this is the kissing scene in the film. 
As dawn arose, Wesley and Buttercup knew that they were safe. A wave of love swept over them, and they reached for each other. Ah, it's kissing again. You don't want to hear that, he tells his grandson. But the grandson's open to it. But he's also open to more than just that. Grandpa, maybe you could come over again tomorrow and read it. I love you, says the grandpa. Of course he will. This is the kind of story he needs. Remember, he came over when he was sick. But that question that Wesley asked is the crucial one. This is true love. You think this happens every day? One answer to that is no. It happened once upon all time. And every story like The Princess Bride echoes this one. Every time a tale takes us by the imagination into its world and tells us that in this dark place, there's an evil prince ruling over things. And the most beloved of all the people is captured there. And it's going to take some hero to get her back. Some hero to risk everything, lay his life down, and rescue her. We also learn that death cannot stop true love. All it can do is delay it for a while. This is our story. And the story of the gospel, the story of Christ, being dead and then alive again, is echoed in countless tales. The story of someone going to great lengths to rescue his beloved is retold over and over and over again. We can't get enough of it. It says something about who we are and what we need. Some awareness we have that we maybe aren't fully aware of, even. That we need stories like this. That we live for them. And in fact, we live them out. Because the other answer to this question, you think this happens every day? Is yes, I do. And not just every day, but everywhere. Everywhere, someone risks everything and goes halfway around the world. Everywhere, someone offers what they have because someone else needs it. Every time someone else gives of their time and of their very life to protect others and to lay themselves down and to lay everything they have at the feet of another because they love them. Every time anyone loves someone enough to overcome any obstacle. Anytime anyone is willing to cross any boundary, any border for love. And anytime anyone finds that someone that they will spend every day they can with, no matter what comes, in sickness and in health, for richer, for poor, face to face, through it all, this is true love. And yes, it happens every day. But it doesn't mean it's not extraordinary. Because that's what he means. This is not common. It's not so common that we find it in every place and in every home. But it is extraordinary. And it's not unique to storybooks. This true love makes miracles possible. And the Lord of permanent affection, he does exist. And because he does, I want to, too. This true love is a true story. It gets told and retold. And at the beginning, the little boy said, well, can't you just tell him I'm sick? He didn't want to be bothered by Grandpa. But this story changed him. In the beginning, the mom says, well, you're sick. That's why he's here. That's when you need stories like this, when you're not well. And by the end, he asked for it to be read again. As you wish, is the response. As we roll throughout this week, we have today, just after chapel, the beginning of the reading marathon on the Moody Steps. You'll find it as you walk out. There's also, tonight, a costume contest at 8.45, just outside on the sublawn, and a screening of the film. Tomorrow, there'll be chapel, and the carnival starts right after chapel 
and you might be aware of this, but just to make sure you are, a free lunch on the mall in addition to all the carnival games and prizes. And all throughout September, a collection of books and stuffed animals for Children's Advocacy Network. We hope you enjoy it, and we hope you enjoy your day. You're dismissed.